Hour two of the Blitz. Let's start right now. Here on Fan Run Radio, 1340 AM, 105.7 FM. Live on your Fan Run Radio app. That's free wherever you get your apps. Also live in the Fan Run Radio web browser. And if you want to watch along at home, that video feed, it's up on the Fox Sports Knoxville Twitter. What do you say we get hour two started with an opening drive, Sam? Hit the music. Let's do it. All right. First down. We start here uh, with a little breaking news on first down, or at least news that just popped up over on the timeline. This comes courtesy of The Athletic. The Big 12 has been in recent contact with, any guesses, Sam? Four schools. I don't know. Pac-12? Pac- Big 12. No, the Big 12 has been in contact with four schools. Yes. <clears throat> the Big 12 has been in contact with these four schools. I don't know. Tell me. I'm intrigued. Arizona. Okay. Arizona State. Okay. Utah. Okay. And Colorado. Interesting. Big 12 has been in contact with those four schools, uh, renewing optimism that convincing them to leave the Pac-12 and join the Big 12 is still possible. There is an ongoing power struggle happening between those two conferences as both of them have been picked from uh, by some of the bigger players in conference expansion. Conference expansion surely going to once again be one of the overarching themes uh, of the offseason in general. Still a lot of drama, I think, left to unfold. Still a lot of questions left to be answered, and I think a lot of it's going to center around what the Pac-12 and what the Big 12 is going to do. Um, Pac-12 Commissioner George uh, Klikov made a bold statement a couple months ago. He said no Pac-12 school is going to join the Big 12, but eight months later, seems like there's still a pretty decent chance that you know those four corner schools, again, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, uh, could end back up in the Big 12. Right now, Pac-12, I think they're still trying to negotiate their TV deal, and that has become, quite frankly, a disaster. Nobody wants to give the Pac-12 the money that they're looking for. Um, the Pac-12, I think, is struggling, which is now maybe probably leading to some of these talks. Because it's all about the money. I mean, you're, you're chasing the money, but the Pac-12 is also, you know, working on replacing uh, their member schools with UCLA and, and, and USC. There's been talks about San Diego State. They're expected to be joining the Pac-12 with an announcement to come soon. They've also discussed SMU. Uh, Rice has been brought up, which feels like it would be a weird one. Fresno State's been brought up. Conference expansion, though, man. It's not going anywhere. It sucks. I despise it. I really just don't like any of it. I think we're just buffaloes being herded off of a cliff with a dollar dangling in front of our face on a fishing line right now. And that's what it feels like. That's yeah. what it feels like what's happening in college, in college football. Everyone's 
everyone's racing to the finish line, but no one knows where the finish line is or what the finish line is, and it turns out it's just one big pit of fire. That's what it feels like. Um, something to keep in mind, though. Looks like the Pac-12 and Big 12 can still be, you know, changing here the next couple of months. Sam, second down. Uh, second down. Big guys running fast. Whoop, whoop. Big guys running fast. Uh, we had D linemen and edge rushers at the combine yesterday. Uh, just some crazy athleticism on display. Nolan Smith from Georgia ran a 4.39. In the 99th percentile in the 40-yard dash, 99th percentile in the vertical jump, 96th percentile in the broad jump. Byron Young had a hell of a day for the Vols. 4-4-3 official 40, 38-inch vertical, 11-foot uh, broad jump, leading all edge rushers. Kalijah Cansey from Pitt, 280-pound defensive tackle, runs a 4-6-7. There's some guys out there now in, in football these days that are it's just not fair. You got you got guys that are 280 pounds running as fast as as Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams were for their 40 time. It's a different game we're playing now. It fe- yeah, no, it feels almost illegal. Yeah. Like some of some of some NFL players legitimately feel like they could be classified as weapons. Yeah, yeah. You're like, how do you get that athletic as a human being? How do you have that much the mass? Ability, and, yeah, the the and ability to be fast. as big, strong, and now fast too, as as all as some of these guys are, and then for those guys to be coming downhill with that speed and power all at the same time, and and, and to you know just to, to throw the full force of your body into another human being is doing the same thing like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's like a car crash. The Combine's a wonderful week of showing, like, yep, I have absolutely zero chance at ever playing professional football. Hendon Hooker, been, uh, he's been meeting with the media today at the Combine. Mm-hmm. Seeing some quotes pop up across the timeline. Seems like he's nailing it. Talked about setting protections and how that's one of the biggest things. He's excited to show people he can do in the league. They asked him about the one-read offense, and, well, he said, hey, it's not my fault that my first read was open all the time. Um Kalaja Canty, man, too, he was really impressive. Mm-hmm. And all of my – I'm a huge draft guy. I get very into the draft, very into scouting, watch a lot of film, really get into it all. Kalaja Canty I have is a, a top 15 player in the draft and have since, like, December, January range, right around top 10. He's undersized, but he is ferocious. He is quick, and he is, is just an animal of a, a pass rusher. So, I was I was going to talk about the Northwestern kid, but I, I can't pronounce his name for the life of me. I also wanted to talk about him, but I also can't pronounce his name, so I guess we'll just move on to third down instead. Yeah. All right. He ran, the, he ran the fastest 40 for any person over 280 yards, or 280 pounds, I'm sorry. Dude, he was flying. I saw him, uh, whatever drill it is when you're at open in the open field and they have you drop back and then flip the hips and come forward and change direction a bunch of times. He was looking good. Third down, though. Uh, funny story kind of coming out of the NFL, or not the NFL, the XFL this morning. 
VFL making headlines. <laughs> yeah, not in a good way. The Guardians of Orlando, the Orlando Guardians XFL team, they've not had a good start to their season. They got outscored 36 to nothing in the second and third quarters combined in their last outing. Uh, their coach was fed up. Video of him complaining about his team went viral. Well, this morning, the Guardians have cut quarterback Quentin Dormady. He was their starting quarterback at one point this year. I don't know if he has been the whole year, but I've, I know I've seen him in there starting. Um, Quentin Dormady has been cut after he allegedly gave an opposing team plays from the Guardians' playbook. The team heard about it, investigated, came to their conclusions, released Dormady, and they've had his stats removed from the XFL website. Freed my boy, Quentin Dormady. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> I, I would love to know more details, right? Like, was it on purpose? Was it a situation where it was an accident? How much of the playbook did he really leak? How can that be an accident, though? I mean, these guys are all living together. Like, a lot of the quarterbacks and stuff, like, been working out, like, living together. Like, maybe you just From got... different teams, they're all living together? I mean, some of them have been. Okay. Like, maybe you just get to a point where, like, you were just in the, the living room talking, like, making dinner. Like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we did this today. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shoot, shouldn't have said that. Ha ha. Or was it as simple as, like, hey, man, let me tip you off is what we're running today. Like, I really would love to know more details. I'm looking at the, the replies to the initial, uh, initial tweet reporting this to. Why is Bernard Pollard just fighting in, like, roughly 17 people's mentions every day on Twitter? Bernard Pollard loves Twitter beef. He's like Kevin Durant, except he's not as good at it. Yeah. But more active. Yeah. I just see him in the replies. Just stupid, which is like, thanks for your input. Bernard, I, I didn't know how to feel until you told me it was stupid. Thanks a lot. Someone replied to him, well, it's something you would do. And he just hit him with a, yeah, well, you want to see my ring? What are you doing, Bernard? Just, what are you doing? Just go home. But, uh, I, yeah, I, there's not any more information out there currently. Wish there was. There's not. I guess we will, uh, Keep an eye on it and see if we find anything else out. But weird story just to see Quentin Dormady, you know, booted for spoiling playbooks. Not something I've seen much or ever. Only other time I can think of, of a playbook leak scandal is Wakey Leaks. When Wake Forest's play-by-play broadcaster was leaking their, their playbook to opposing teams for over like a three-year stretch until he finally got caught. What a beast. Weird, one of the weirdest stories in football that just never gets talked about for some reason. Anyway, Sam, fourth down. Uh, fourth down, the Boston Bruins are the fastest team to 100 points in NHL history last night. David Pasternak signed an extension yesterday, becomes the sixth richest man in NHL history, and then scores a goal and two assists that night. The uh, yeah, they beat the they beat the Sabers seven to one last night. Absolutely throttled them. Boston is now forty eight eight and five. 
in their 61st game of the year. They had just beaten out the Montreal Canadiens from 90, 1976 and 1977. They got 100 points in 62 games. The Bruins got it in 61 last night. This team is, is playing some unbelievable hockey this year. Seems like you can't even really stop them. Who knows how this team is going to look once they get into the playoffs, but this Bruins team, they feel like a juggernaut in the NHL this year. 100 points by the start of March, basically. That's, that's, that's unheard of. So... I'm excited for these NHL playoffs coming up. Um, the NHL playoffs—it's always exciting. But they, when you get yeah. when you get some stacked teams like the Bruins, and you got the Rangers this year, you got so much happening in the East. A lot happened in the West as well. Should be a great time. Sorry, I just got distracted for a second. Um, first of all. Yeah, the NHL playoffs, always great. Second of all, the Bruins are incredible. Third of all, speaking of performances, shout out to the Preds, the new look Preds. Yeah. May never lose again. Dub. Probably won't lose again if I had to imagine the way they look. They just, they, they just beat the, the Panthers last night. Um, but then what's, what's got me upset here, UT Martins, Rife and Miguel, the guy that got sucker punched mm -hmm. went to the hospital this morning. But he's also been suspended for tonight's OVC quarterfinal game. For getting, punch for getting, for getting punched? punched. He didn't throw another punch back. He tried. He would have if his teammates would have let him. But, I mean, he got ejected, and like, that's fine. You know what? If you charge at another player, even if he did sucker punch you, attempting to hurt him, I understand an ejection. But a suspension? Shame on that coach. It's not even the coach. It's the conference. Really? Or the, yeah. I mean, if you get sucker punched the way that he did on the floor, like, I think that's kind of outside of the realm of the game. Like, at that point, if you're upset about that, if you have an emotional response, if you even have a physical response, that's, in my eyes, like, somewhat justified. You were, like, he was assaulted. He wasn't just, like, fouled. He was straight up assaulted. So if he gets upset about that and in the moment charges back at that player, sure, fine, throw him out. But but that's, to an extent, justified. And again, it's not like he actually got to the guy that hit him. He didn't throw a punch. He didn't push anybody. So now you're throwing, you know, you, not only does he get punched in the face, like he didn't want that to happen. He gets ejected because he got punched in the face, has to go to the hospital because he got punched in the face. And because he got punched in the face, now he doesn't get to play in what could be the final game of the season as the lower seed UT Martin has a chance to upset their in-state rival, Tennessee Tech, and punch a ticket to the OVC championship game. And you're telling me that he can't play? He was deemed the instigator. Not a good look. Deemed the instigator by the league, and that's why the league suspended him. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, sort of got in the face of, of the guy that punched him, but how on earth can you deem him the instigator and suspend him when he caught a, an Evander Holyfield right hook straight to the, the, the cheek? Blasphemy. I'm angry. Assault. Fired up. 
Sinistrate. Back here on the Blitz, Gonzaga coming to town this weekend. Baseball's back at home, well, staying at home. And uh, Gonzaga, I think they present, I don't know, an interesting matchup this weekend. They're a team that's been good. Like last year, they were a tournament team. They had some elite pitching. They were ranked at times, but they lost all of that pitching, and they haven't replaced it. And since then, they are out to a 1-7 a and seven start. Uh, start of the year with a four-game series against, you know, a ranked te- Texas Tech team, a good Texas Tech team. They lost all four of those games. Four to eight, three to ten, three to twelve, and eight to nine. So they were competitive in a couple of them. Uh, they came back, beat Ohio State on a Friday night game. Um Lost to Grand Canyon twice, four to thirteen, and then sixteen to seventeen, um, and then follow that up with another loss to Ohio State. So that's what they've done so far this year to get to one and seven. So you know they haven't necessarily had those like easier midweeks to to pad up the wins or anything either. They've gone and challenged themselves. Grand Canyon, not your mama's mid major. That's a really good baseball team that has a top ten pick on their on their on their infield. Um. Tennessee should win all three of these games, though. You just look at it from a matchup perspective. I think Tennessee has the pitching staff to just shut down the Zags, or at least make make it difficult for them to keep up with Tennessee because they're going to have to keep up with Tennessee. Gonzaga just not pitching well. You look at, I mean, again, eight runs, ten runs, twelve runs, nine runs, nine runs, fourteen runs, seventeen runs, eight runs. The least they've given up in a game this year, eight runs. And you're coming to a hitter's ballpark on a windy on a windy weekend in Knoxville. If that wind's blowing out, it's really going to be deadly. So, you know, they're going to have to try to outscore a lot of teams this year until they get their pitching in order. And when you have a, a matchup with a Tennessee team that has a, a top five draft prospect in 2023 on the mound on Friday, a top five 2024 draft prospect on the mound on Saturday and then a guy in Drew Beam that maybe performs better than both of them on Sunday I just I can't really picture that going well for Gonzaga I think that Tennessee especially now Maui Ahuna back in the lineup Tony Vitello back in the dugout it feels like all the dust has settled from you know the drama that kind of started the year that maybe threw you out of your rhythm. feels like all the dust has settled. Everyone, you know, starting to slowly figure out their roles. And, and this weekend, I think, another chance to really kind of settle in. Um, won both your midweek games. Hit the ball well. Charleston Southern, not really much in, in terms of competition. I think you have your one through six solidified. Right, Christian Moore, Jared Dickey, Blake Burke, Zane Denton, Griffin Merritt, Mali Ahuna. I think you even have your three, four, five solidified specifically, you know, in terms of the batting order. I don't think it's going to change much from what you have now with Burke, Denton, and Merritt. 
it's just been it's been excellent. Mm-hmm. Now Tony Vitello has talked about Maui Ahuna potentially filling in somewhere in the top of the order at one or two. I could I mean I I think that maybe you need to do that. A guy like Maui Ahuna should probably be up there at the top of the lineup. At the same time, Jared Dickey has such a high rate of contact and 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 Moore has done such a good job getting on base that it's hard to justify leaving any of them out either. And then that three four five punch is great. You know, if you have a guy like Ahuna at six, that even kind of spreads the talent out across your lineup. Still trying to figure out what it looks like in the back half of the lineup. You know, I think a guy like Hensley is flashing some great speed. Like, he's impressed. I'm still pretty interesting in Dryling. Like, there's plenty of young talent on this team. They're going to sort out, you know, the bottom of that lineup, the, the last of, of your of your your batting order. But... Tennessee's bats really starting to come along. Blake Burke, I think one of our, our biggest question marks for him going into this offseason. I mean, he has the sweetest swing in college baseball. He he has so much power. But there were some holes in his swing last year. It wasn't really a knock on him. You know, it, it's it's holes that you would maybe expect from a, a freshman, but there were holes in his swing. You know, you could kinda you could really you could you could bury some off speed inside on him. You know, you could get him to chase down and away. Um, if you if it was a lefty, you know, you could get some stuff running away from him, and, and he would chase it. He would swing over the top of it. Righties could get some stuff running down and on him. He'd swing, chase it, swing over the top of it. Holes in his swing, need to learn how to hit the off-speed stuff a little bit better. You know, teams weren't really giving him a lot of fastballs in the back half of the season. He's shown back up this season and, and is now just a pure hitter, mm-hmm. a pure all-around hitter. He's made tremendous growth. A lot to be excited about with this Tennessee team. Yeah, I mean, you just you get a Huna back, and you feel like you're looking forward to your best baseball. Obviously, you're got you've you've gotten a lot of your guys starting to click in this lineup. Your pitching has been clicking; it's going to stay clicking all year. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see too many, uh, too many issues happening this weekend against Gonzaga. Like you're saying, with the wind blowing out, I think it could get ugly. If the if the wind's blowing out, it could get ugly there. Um, it, we just got a lot of pop, man. And the Zags used like they had some good baseball teams. They have had some good baseball teams. They were a great team last year, and they have some bats. But Tennessee's just not the team to show up against if you if you've lost your pitching staff from last year. Yeah, they just haven't really replaced that pitching. Um, you know whether it's going to be Owen Wilde, Jacob Rutherford, you know maybe Kai Francis or or Nathan uh, DeShriver. Like they have a couple veterans that are all right, pitchers that are, are probably in bigger roles than they need to be, and then they have a couple younger guys that are more developmental that are playing early, and and none of them are really pitching all that well. But it's Gonzaga this weekend. Um. In the midweek, you got Boston College, which to me is a funny one. That's a weird series. It's it's not even a series. It's just a Tuesday midweek. Boston College to Knoxville. Come down for a Tuesday afternoon. It that's doesn't weird. feel right. No, that just seems that's just weird. Like what? Let's see what Boston College is. Like, are, are we on the way 
Yeah, they better. Like, are, are they going? Are somewhere they coming else? out of their way to go from Boston to Knoxville? Because I mean, a lot of those. I assume Boston College isn't actually spending a lot of time in, in in Boston right now. A lot of those teams spend the majority of their early season on the on the road, just playing where they can get games and playing down south. But let's see. They play at Kennesaw State this weekend. Okay. Uh, third, fourth, fifth, and then I guess. Are they just staying down south? Are they just all, like, remote classes right now? Seriously, they play at Kennesaw State Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Are they going back to Boston on Monday? Probably not. Are they staying down south? Yeah, they're obviously staying down south. There's no way they're going back to Boston. So I assume you had to staying down south. Tuesday they play at Tennessee. Wednesday at UNC Asheville. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Virginia Tech. So they're just really Makes hanging sense. out down south. Makes sense. Good for them. That's a brutal travel schedule for yeah. that team, though. I mean, that's. I mean, it's just that's why there's such an advantage for for southern teams in college baseball because of how early that schedule starts. Um, you got Boston College next week, though. Next weekend, Moorhead State. Got another midweek after that with Litscombe, and then it's SEC time. So really, it feels like we just started baseball, but we're also. It moves fast. It's the last couple of tune-up weekends. Two tune-up weekends, then all of a sudden, you know, Tennessee is going to be in, in, in the NCAA tournament, and Tennessee baseball is going to be in, in SEC play, just right around the corner. But prediction for this weekend, Sam? Sweep. I'm going to say Gonzaga scores three runs all weekend. They're going to score. Gonzaga's going to score some runs, just not enough to, to compete with her pitching. Like, I think Gonzaga – I think they're going to lose 9-3 to three tonight. Six to four on Saturday. But then give me Sunday, like, 15-2. to two. Okay. Just completely out of everything come Sunday. They won't want to show up on Sunday. Drew Beam deals. Yeah, they're not going to want to show up on Sunday after seeing Dolander and Burns. When the schedule came out, I thought this was going to be a game that, or a weekend series that was, it was going to be a fun, competitive, like make your way out to TBA kind of series, and unfortunately, it hasn't really shaped up that way. Where is where is like Gonzaga playing in the next couple games? Are they doing a similar road trip? I don't know. Let's see. Them coming out to Knoxville also seems like an odd, an odd. Travel, I mean, that makes so. more sense when you're uh, like a good baseball program, though, to go play other good baseball. Oh no, yeah, just I mean, especially when you're in the Spokane, West Coast Conference, Washington, like they're going to play good series outside of things. Like they've been playing, they've played at Texas Tech, and again, like they've played Ohio State, they've played Grand Canyon, they're playing Tennessee this weekend, they play UC Irvine next, and then pretty soon, yeah, they're getting into. Uh, conference play too but they also mix in some other thing other series like they have a series against oklahoma uh they have a series against uh they have a two-game little weekend or midweek series with oregon and oregon state in, the, in april they do have one weekend series with oklahoma which is kind of weird i don't know just coming this far out to to knoxville seems kind of Odd if they're not playing any team around here. 
that team's traveling all over the place. They're playing UC Irvine after us. Is that what you said? Yeah, they're going to. They're. I think they're going back to Washington for that UC Irvine series. Hmm. Spokane. Patterson Baseball Complex and Coach Steve Hertz Field. I feel like Gonzaga probably has a nice baseball field. I got a feeling they do too. Yeah. Catch a break. We'll uh, we'll talk about the biggest hoops games of the weekend on the other side. All right, winding down here on this Friday. Still just haven't finished this movie. Yeah. There's it's, not a. You're like two sips away. There's no, I, I don't even know if I'm gonna be hungry for pizza for dinner. <laughs> I'm certainly not eating lunch. I think you're making a big overreaction to this smoothie, man. It's just a smoothie. I'm not overreacting. You're not eating like a I'm, steak I'm just dinner simply there. stating like I'm just not eating lunch. I'm full. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, it is. Want to tussle? You should go get another smoothie. Maybe I will. Should maybe I'll make you drink it. I I would certainly drink it faster than that. Treat. I forgot him. I just remembered going to bull riding this weekend. Yeah, so is one of my buddies. He's driving (laughs) up from Nashville. (laughs) Oh, he's driving from Nashville. Yeah, he's driving. I got a buddy that uh, that that works and and sells construction equipment. Works for a company that does. Mm -hmm. And I guess they have a partnership with. The, the the PBR tour coming to Knoxville because they yeah. probably need some construction equipment to move all that dirt around and set up everything. So I guess he's got, like, the hookup, and he just hit me up. He's like, hey, I got one more ticket. You mean my brother bull riding Saturday night? I said, hell yeah, I'm in, brother. Let's go watch some bull riding. You ever my- been to any, like, PBR events or no, anything? They're no. actually really fun. No. Um, I'm not going only- either. I've only ever been to the Nashville Knockout, which is one of the majors of the PBR tour. Um, there's majors? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big deal. It's professional bull riding. Like, there's, it's a big world. Um, How can you make one bull riding tournament bigger than the next? So the Nashville Knockout, though, it doesn't follow the same format as other PBR events. It's like a tournament. So they set you up bracket style with the bulls getting increasingly harder as you go on in the brackets. And it's like mono versus mono, how long can you ride? And then right. if you both have a qualifying ride, then it becomes the score. But that is really when it gets fun because, you know, you have one, you have the semifinal round and it's one of the top bulls in the world and you have one guy that pulls on for like 2.8 seconds and the other guy gets it like 3.4 and he yeah. wins and moves on to the championship. That is a lot of fun. I love the Nashville knockout. I've never been to a bull riding event that's not tournament style, which is like all of them besides the Nashville knockout. So I don't really know what to expect tomorrow night, but I'm excited. They also have a shark cage. Shark? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, They have like these – they have seating in the middle of the floor. And it's like barred in, like in the middle of the dirt oh, floor. I thought you meant a live shark and a bull riding event. I'm like, no, no, what this is, is what the they point call of that? that? That's why I'm explaining. I, I, no, I, yeah. I've seen this. Yeah, like in the middle of the dirt floor, they have this cage that you it's can like at the zoo. View the bull riding from inside of. Yeah, it's like at the zoo when you can go. I've and, always and wanted view to sit the in meerkats. there. Uh, apparently, we're going to get to go in there. 
That'll be a good time. I'm so That's excited. That's the only thing I've ever wanted to do in bull riding watching. No, bull, don't hate it. Bull riding is awesome. There's also uh, the official PBR after party. Is that, a, a, as a, is that a, an old city bar? No free milk. Not going to tell you which one. I know which one it's at. I think anyone with half a brain can as- pretty quickly figure out which old city bar yeah. fits a bull riding after party. Going to have to go to that. <laughs> You need to take pictures with all of them. I Man, can't, I love your I, work. I can't imagine. I love your work. <laughs> I actually, I got into bull riding, right? Um, when I was like 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, radio station. They're like premier sports station, whatever. Um, they did trivia. I don't remember if it was Tuesday nights or Thursday nights, but you were only allowed to win like once every like four months for like claiming prize purposes. I would call in every four months. And win pretty consistently because they would just always have like trivia categories that were college mascots. Right up your I alley. know all of them. Yeah. 359 Division One schools right now. I think I can name 345 mascots at least. So, I mean, they'd even get difficult with me. They'd be like, what, Southern Utah? I'd be like, Thunderbirds, dude, next question. Yeah. So, I, like, one of the times the prize was tickets to bull riding. So, I just went all in. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to have a blast. I did all the meet and greets. I have I have signed photos from, like, eight different bull riders in my house in Franklin. Uh, I have all these different, like, PBR apparel. It's going to be sick. <laughs> I didn't realize you were such an avid bull riding fan, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone just, I, I can't help but laugh. No, that was that was hilarious. Our buddy Chris that listens every day. <laughs> God bless him. One of my favorite people on the planet. He just texted me. If you get a picture at the after party with one of the riders pretending to ride you like the bull, I'll Venmo you 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Can you show me that technique that you, Here, you I'll had be, in the I'll third be the round bull. when you got three and a half seconds there? I'll be the bull. You hop on. Quick, grab a picture. You're my favorite. <laughs> you go to, you go to the bar like dressed up like a bull too, maybe. Should I just tell them how about how I think I can ride bulls? Just like really, really get them frustrated. Just some random twenty three year old. Tell him that his job isn't that yeah, hard. Yeah, just yapping his gums, <laughs> even though it's an incredibly hard, very dangerous, and probably not worth it job. Should I just walk in there like, yeah, I've always just thought like I could ride bulls. I'm really good at the mechanical ones at the bars. That's so my buddy who's driving <laughs> up from Nashville to, to watch this, he actually was like, Yeah, I think if I uh you know, if I never if I never went into engineering, I think I think I was destined to be a bull rider. I will say, like, I understand that I'm wrong, but at the same time, I still think that I could ride a bull for eight seconds, not eight like eight seconds. A qualifying ride? I no. Not like a big one. You ever been on a mechanical bull? Yeah, I'm great at it. I just. How long did you last on the mechanical bull? Infinite, until I want to get off. I know you're lying. I ride bulls until I want to get I off. I know you're. That's lying. what I do. You've never been on a good mechanical bull if you just oh I'll ride. There's no I no I don't get bucked off of mechanical bulls. I got a big I'm a big man with a a, a low center of gravity. 
not it's not that low. I got I can I can get it low. I can drop those hips, get that You're also going against engage a engage the core. Like a real bull? <laughs> like if you give me like I'm I'm not talking about a PBR bull, but I'm talking about like county fair bull. Chris just said you couldn't ride one of the baby sheep at the rodeo for Yeah, probably seconds. not. It would break its back. <laughs> There'd be nothing to ride. But if you give me like a county fair bull, I, I feel confident that like maybe with a slight bit of instruction or guidance that pretty quickly I'm lasting eight seconds, if not just right away. I would uh I would bet you're under of a second and a half. I would bet a million dollars on on over one and a half. No. Can someone find us a bull? Please. If someone Please. finds me a bull, I will ride it. Please. I, that's a guarantee. A blitz, Charlie Collier guarantee. If you find me a bull, we can get it all set up and coordinated. And you I'll know how pissed off those things get? Yeah. You know how pissed off I get? Not that pissed off. I get Not pissed as pissed off. off as a bull. I get more pissed off than a bull. No. Do you, Titans, Jags? No. Titans, Jags, a bull couldn't have rode me for, five, for eight seconds. <laughs> you kidding me? I don't think you're last. Eight seconds is a lot of time. I could ride a bull. You cannot ride a bull. Again, if I have this ex- if I have this exact conversation at the after party tonight, tomorrow night, am I getting punched? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Easily. Easily. Again, well, if someone out there has a bull that's rideable, I'll come ride it for free for eight seconds. Medical costs included. <laughs> it's an honest question. I don't believe in doctors, man. We're fine. Just rub some dirt on it and drink some milk. You know I how much like milk I drink, dude? My bones are indestructible. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's such an easy argument to make. You know, oh, I drink milk. <laughs> I, I got to end this conversation before my mom drives from Franklin and kills me. She is not liking this at all. <laughs> she does not like when I make myself sound foolish on the radio. That's what I'm doing right now. But I do actually want to try to ride a bull. No idea how I'd do, but I want to try it really bad. You got to build up. You can't just get on the back of a bull. I want to, though. Like, I, I think you got to go the full. I think you got to go 100% on a mechanical bull. Well, we can we can work on it. We didn't actually get to the biggest college basketball games of the weekend, but uh, Let's we just do, do have, it now. We do have three conference championship games this weekend. Yeah, Liberty, Kennesaw State for the A Suns Sunday afternoon. Who you got? Uh, give me Liberty. Hmm. I got Kennesaw State. Um, Missouri Valley. They're still in the semifinals. You still have Belmont, Drake, um, Bradley, and. Actually, they still got quarterfinals, but anyway, who wins that one Sunday? Uh, I'm never going to bet against Belmont, even though I don't think they're going to. I got Drake. But I'm got to ride for Belmont. Got to ride for the hometown team. Give me Drake all day. Uh, and then winner of UT Martin and Tennessee Tech plays the winner of Moorhead State. And I want to say SEMO, maybe? I don't remember. Either way. Who you got in the OVC? That's going to be our first ticket punch Saturday night. Um, Moorhead State. I'm pivoting off of Moorhead State. Why is that? Justice for Miguel. 
That's why. Yeah. Justice for Rife and Miguel. They're going to win it tonight for him. Then he's going to come back from his hospital stay in suspension and just drop 40 in the OVC championship game, even though I don't really think he scores a lot of points. But I'm riding with my, uh, my UT Martin boys to win the OVC. Let's catch a break. Best bet predictions to wrap up the show. Well, I guess they did against Auburn, too, but the first time around. Give me, give me Tennessee by three again uh, this time, 61-58. to 58. And I'll take Tobey Awaka, leading scorer with 12 points. I think it's a balanced night, but he has, he has a big 12. Matches up well with Jani Broom. That'll wrap us up, though, for the show. We'll be back on Monday morning. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your weekend. For Sam Beard, I'm Charlie Collier. This has been The Blitz. John Reed Talk Sports. They're up next.